Hello and welcome to Full Send with Christina Kim and Alan Shipnuck. We are back at it again. Uh, so this has been, it kind of took over my, my 4th of July weekend, uh, tweeting about the role of the golf press and the players obligations, um, and, and sort of the complicated dynamics. Obviously what happened at rocket mortgage with Phil being grumpy about a Detroit news story that highlighted some of his shady gambling associations. And then Bryson blowing off the press two days in a row as defending champ right after he got fired by his caddy and uh it's just been allegedly on, yeah allegedly it was a it was a mutual parting of the ways in, in the same way that when you get allegedly when you get dumped by someone <laughs> you tell people yeah it was a mutual decision but um so i just i just let's just start there because this has been bugging me and there's a lot to unpack and i want your perspective because as a player it's different from mine as, as a reporter so what what do you think the obligation is of players to talk to reporters after they're around? And for the sake of argument, let's say you are a a top player, you are top five or ten in the world. You've been driving the narrative of the entire sport for the better part of a year, uh, which is obviously talking about Bryson, but um, allegedly, <laughs> we're, we're going to be using that word a lot. We should have gotten a sponsorship with allegedly the word because it's going to get heavy usage in this podcast but i mean allegedly <laughs> what what do you think christina like you you come off the course uh, and you've, you've played really well you've played really poorly or something's going on in, in your life it's become public and there's reporters standing there waiting to talk to you do you think as a professional golfer it's part of your job to to answer the questions or do you think that you have a certain right to privacy and and if you want to storm to the parking lot that's your prerogative <laughs> well so a couple of things first of all thank you for completely hijacking my full send segment because i told you i had an idea of something that i wanted to discuss with you and it was going to be the relationship between players and the media so if there are a couple of moments of awkward silence, it's because I'm going to have to go through my entire uh, stack of crap and find something else in which we can discuss. And secondly, I think that, well, I thought last week, I thought it was complete bullshit on the part of the players. Uh, while I can empathize with the fact that what took place with the you know, especially in the day and age we're in now, the, the quote unquote ancient story of Phil and, and his past transgressions with uh, money and copious amounts of it going in one direction or the other. I, I can empathize with the fact that that's who he was. It's a, I would have to assume not the same person that he is now. I think that when he said something along the lines of the only way I would come back is if I get like 50,000 signatures or some shit. I'm like, and it's not specific to Phil. If anybody said that, I I would sit there and I would say, who, who do you think you are? Like, why does everyone that innocently decides to come and watch you play because they're fans of the things that you do to a golf ball, why do they have to go through the effort to bring you back? What What is it about... You know, why would you not want to come back anyway? It's an old Donald Ross golf course. You know, 
The 313 is pretty damn awesome. There are so many amazing things. I love Michigan is one of my favorite states by way of golf, uh, which, again, is also bullshit because they have like a six month long season and they have some of the best golf courses in not just the U.S., but in the planet. So I was I was personally I was I was personally like taken aback when I, I heard about his um, you know, initial reaction to the story coming out. Like, yeah, I mean, to an extent, I kind of get it where it's like, this is not that, you know? And, and I feel like there's definitely, um, you know, if someone's trying to be a little bit, a little bit clickbaity, I, I think it's kind of silly. That's, that's part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast, you know, almost three years ago was because I would sit there and I would be on some generic world no, worldwide highly recognized golf publication.com and every week it's Dustin and Paulina are scantily clad and kissing <laughs> and then here is Ricky Fowler with his new wife you know his wife now you know since they've been married a, a, a while um you know here is uh the 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 what B2K, BTS, I forget, you know, whatever those, those, those boys were doing, like in the summertime, whatever, whatever, um, you know, and then there'd be all, it'd be the same fucking story every single week. And then occasionally you'd get Lexi works out again. Like, you know, I, I sit here and I'm like, how do people expect to gain a connection with players on, you know, something beyond just golf? you know, on, on an emotional level or something like, you know, Brittany Lincecum loves to go deep sea fishing. And, um, you know, you, you've got all these players that have all these amazing things. And I, I sat there and I was like, dude, every single week, every single tournament, there are, depending on the size of the field, anywhere between 144 and 156 incredible stories, origin stories, like Lizette Salas's um, you know, her origin story is amazing. The, the battle that she's gone through recently is pretty remarkable. Obviously, all the, all the Cordas, all of them, all five of them, they've all got amazing stories. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast all those years ago. And so, you know, it, 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 there are at times stories that are kind of tired and old. And it's like, I, that's not who I am at this moment. So why are we bringing it up? So I kind of get like, you know, the, 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 the fuckery of it all. Well, and so if we're talking about, the, if we're talking about the Phil story, I mean, it, it did happen a long time ago, but the, it was only uncovered in very recent court documents, like weeks ago when it came to light because of the shady mobbed up bookie he'd been involved in was facing some, you know, tax related charges and, in combing through those transcripts, that's when the Phil connection. So, yeah, him getting nah, kidding. Yeah, so I mean, Phil getting ripped off by the bookie happened years and years ago, but it just came to light very recently. So to dismiss it as old news, uh, it, it was an old transaction, but it's it's recent news, and so that was that was that was part of what you know his his defense for his his fit of pick was like. Well, they didn't know about it until very recently, but um, there's kind of two different things going on. There's 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 Bryson blowing off the media. Then there's Phil feuding with the media. They're they're sort of different, but they they, they overlap. I mean, um, I was getting to Bryson in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's start. Let's 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 start. Let's start with Bryson because that, I mean, 
I, I hear what you're saying. Like there, there is a sameness to a lot of the coverage and things get recycled and a, and a lot of it can be very shallow. And that was part of what bothered me is in the Twitter, you know, comments of people who are defending Bryson, they're like, Oh, well po- post round interviews are, are boring anyway. It's like, well, well, whose fault is that though? Yeah. It's, it's either the player or, you know, a lot of the, and they're like, Oh, people ask dumb questions. I mean, the vat, when you get the occasional dumb question, quote unquote, that's usually not someone who covers the tour for a living. It's like the local general assignment reporter for the Detroit news or whomever, wherever the tournament is that week, the golf reporters ask sophisticated questions and, and they can engage the players. And so when when you get a total groaner, it's, it's usually someone who's just there as a one-off. Um, not that the fans at home really know the difference, but, but those of us in the press room do. And I think even the players kind of understand that. Like they know who the, the regulars are and um but it's never been harder to tell the players stories for, for those of us who do it for a living because mm-hmm. especially on the pga tour they have an army of staffers who are pumping out bland sanitized tour approved content and then you have the social media feeds that are very careful and safe and and cultivated and often run by agents and or tour officials on behalf of the players and so there's this feeling oh we're already telling our story but uh, it's it's very it's it's very shallow and it's very un you know i would think as a as someone who loves the golf it's not very satisfying if that's all you're consuming and you know those of us on the beat are trying to tell different kinds of stories that have some depth and some insight and maybe some edge and um so to it's it's been the, this weird duality of of of, of bryson apologists who have said either well those those interviews don't matter or the questions aren't any good. It's like, I don't think they're really paying attention to the people who are trying hard to do, you know, the job the right way. And, uh, and honestly, when, when Bryson blows off reporters, he's really blowing off fans because we are there on behalf mm-hmm. of the fans. Like we get to ask the questions that, that they want answered and that they may be shouting from their couch. And like, we're, we're basically representing the fans. And, um, and so I've, I've been, I've been, I've been, curious and in and flummoxed by some of the reaction and i know we're in this ultra polarized environment where you know the former president labeled all reporters enemy of the people and it's kind of like become opposed to like hate the media and and that sort of thing but um i don't know i i feel like if you love golf and you and you follow it uh, you would want good stories to be told and the only way that happens if, if reporters are allowed to do their job and so um you know the fans who were were defending Bryson. It's it's kind of like people who are defending you know billionaires getting their tax cuts when they're struggling to pay their own bills. Like I never quite understand where they're 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 arguing against their own interests. So anyway, I, I've I've been very interested in how in the fan response by in some quarters, and a lot of folks have said, well, you know that that's BS. I mean, I'm basically paying Bryson's salary. I want to I want to hear what he has to say, and uh, but it, it's it's been kind of a hot button issue for sure. Absolutely. So a couple things again. Um, I never read the story that was put out at the, by the Detroit news. Was it about the, everything that went on with Phil? I guess because I live in a slightly different universe than the average fan, I feel like I was maybe not necessarily privy to by any means, but you hear things about people that I just figured this was like, it It was a little, for me, it felt like there was a little irrelevance. Cause I was like, well, yeah, like 
Phil's lost a shit ton of money over the years to gambling. And I didn't realize that this was only recently uncovered. So I will definitely apologize for having kind of harped on that. Um, I did not realize that this old news to me was not necessarily old news to the public and, and not, not, not in terms of any specific individuals or anything like that. But, you know, there are, there, there are all these whispers and rumors about players that, you know, like to, like to do things with their money and whatever else. Um, so thank you for the clarification so that I'm better educated on that. Um, it's still bullshit though. Like asking, like demanding to get 50,000 signatures to get you to come back like who do you think you are anybody not phil it's not personal by any means just anybody like i i that that i just found that very distasteful and and in terms of the bryson thing you know if i have a shitty round and someone wants to talk to me about it um oftentimes 99.9 percent .9 of the time i say yes and in the off chance, I say not an immediate yes. I'll say, can you give me a minute? I need to go into the locker room. I need to cry. I need to take a shit, do something, you know, like just, uh, can you give me a few minutes to collect myself and then I'll be able to come and address it. Um, that being said, you know, he's, he has been uh, just kind of like you said about all of these players and the personas that they have and this and that like I, I he, 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 he we've all faced adversity and there's no denying that and everybody's adversity is very different and everyone's journey is very different I just you know I don't rem really remember a time when Bryson's really kind of struggled you know like like legitimately struggled as in like missed four cuts in six weeks kind of a thing you know and and so that that is something that is new and terrifying and different when you're the defending champion and you end up missing the cut and there's a bunch of stuff that's piled up on top of you at the same time like what's the harm in talking to the media and and for me it's a bit different in this situation um compared to say the naomi osaka situation that took place when she first was facing fines paid fines for not wanting to talk to the media to preserve her mental health until she ultimately withdrew from the french open um, you know, it's, it's different to me because she was willing to admit and, and address her mental health issues and needs. And it wasn't just sort of like a blow up thing of, you know, less than 48 hours ago, you got canned by your, your, your number one partner, um, at work. And as a result of that, you, even if you can't process it, like just say that. And for me, I've, been at the game a long time and I have been dealt the same boring bullshit questions time after time after time and it's really not that hard in my opinion for myself I'm not here to speak on behalf of anyone else to turn the narrative around and provide something that is interesting and something that people can glean from if you're just like well the the, the cue card that I practiced in my room after putting in my room for three hours does not apply in this particular situation. And so if I use the same response, it's not going to work like meet more <laughs> like malfunction, malfunction. It's like, no, just, just say like, 
you know what? It's something that I'm still processing right now. Like I, I, I love Tim. I wish him nothing but the best. He's going to take a break for all we know. For all we know, that break might last 42 years. Like, you know, it, it's not to say that it's, you know, if you don't want to discuss the fact that, you know, allegedly it was a mutual split or allegedly he left you or allegedly you, you fired him. Like, you know, whatever it is, it could just be like, you know what? I, it's still a lot for me to process. Can you guys please uh, grant me some grace so that I can sort of collect my thoughts and come back to you. Um, or you can sit there and say, I, instead of saying no, you just be like, I'll do my best, but I got nothing for you, bro. Well, you know, like I... just, just an acknowledgement I think is huge instead of just an immediate refusal. Right. And if, if you got up there and said, yeah, it's, uh, he could make, he could actually turn it around and make, admit a little vulnerability say yeah geez um i'm I'm still struggling with this it kind of sucks um and um i'll, I'll maybe ha- what part of sorry to interrupt what part of bryson um scream sensitivity i know well this or... this would be this would be a chance to, to actually have some show some human emotion <laughs> like um and another layer to this is this is really his, his first time back since an absolutely historic collapse at the U.S. Open. I mean, he's leading with nine holes to go, and and just detonates, uh, and so I'm sure he's feeling a little raw, and uh, um, he's still hurting from that as well. But again, like, I mean, I go back to for those who are who are saying, "Oh, you get nothing out of the, these post round interviews." Think about Greg Norman. The most important moment of his life was how he handled the nineteen ninety six Masters. And he walked into the press mm-hmm. room with his head held high, and he answered every question. He showed so much class and grace, mm-hmm. and he's spoken about it many times. That really changed him because the outpouring of love that he got for the way he handled that was was more than he'd ever felt from the fans and all his victories and. Think about Roy McIlroy at, you know, Royal Portrush when he broke down on, on Friday afternoon, like mm-hmm. um, when he missed the cut, you know, those raw moments where, where you, you get past the packaging and the machinery and you actually get to see the human inside. That's what fans love and connect with. And absolutely, I'm not saying that, you know, Bryson needed to, to break down in tears, but it, like, um, you know, I, I think there's this, this kind of insidious belief, like, I, I, I can only talk when times are good and when I'm playing well and when I'm struggling and I'm hurting, then I, I want to, I don't want to pull the shutters down. And, you know, a lot of players are like that. I mean, the, if you ask any, you, you see a lot of prayers said behind the 18th green, like when reporters have to talk to player and they have, like, they have a putt, you're just hoping they make it because they'll be in a better mood. Than if they three putt, it can It'll like, be an easier conversation. Yeah, it can like, sure. it can like blow up the entire interview just because, you know, some guy missed a three footer and now he's grumpy. It's like, dang, I really needed to talk to him. And so, um, you know, to me, it's just, it's part of the job as much as signing your, your scorecard when the round's over. I mean, you have certain obligations as a professional. And one of those is to interact with the fans and the volunteers and the reporters. I mean, the only reason professional golf exists is to entertain the fans. That's it. And you, you take that element away and you're just playing for club championships. That's all that's left. I mean, professional golf is not, um, you know, we're not curing cancer here. It's like, it, it, it's an entertainment product and the people who pay the bills are the fans and the reporters are the, basically the, the surrogates for the fans. And we're there to, tell the story, keep people interested in the game 
Um, and you know, obviously it's, it's our livelihood too. Like we have our own, um, our own stake in things. But again, we exist only for the fans. If people stop caring about golf and reading about golf, it, it all goes away. And so, um, when, when, when players lose sight of that, it's, it's really problematic. And, um, you know, it kind of affects the entire ecosystem. And that, that's why I was, I was bothered by Bryson's behavior because, um, and as you said, it's totally legit. Like I've had players say this to me, like, yeah, I need to go hit balls and work something out and I'll, I'll find you later. Or I need to go eat. I mean, there's ways you can buy yourself some time. You can cool down. You can gather your thoughts. I mean, Phil has often sat in the scoring area for 20 or 30 minutes to like cool off, collect his thoughts, maybe run through some things with, um, with someone to, to workshop his answers. But like, he's, he's known for that. Like, uh, and that's fair play. I mean, the, the, you can set the, the terms to some degree as the athlete, but just to run for the Hills because uh, things are a little uncomfortable that, that shows to me a lack of professionalism and, uh, lack of maturity, lack of maturity and, and just a disregard for what, what your role is. I mean, um, you know, I, the counter argument is that the, the athlete owes you nothing other than their performance. And, you know, maybe it, take like Tiger Woods, like if, if he never said a word, we still would have been riveted by his performance, but no one has ever faced the same scrutiny as Tiger. And he talked after every single round minus a handful across, you know, 20 years. And like, he understood it. And, you know, Earl Woods said something to me way back early on in like the mid nineties. He's like, you know, I told Tiger that uh, he plays the game because he loves it, but he gets paid to promote. And that's where the obligation is. And it, to me, it's kind of an elegant way to think of it. Like, um, and, uh, you know, Bryson in, 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 in this instance, just totally lost sight of the fact that, uh, defending champ, uh, obviously a paid ambassador for the people who are underwriting the entire tournament, the biggest story in the game in, in a lot of ways. And, um, just to be that petulant and, and that self-involved and, and not recognize that, he he had a certain role to play in in this in this circus that moves from town to town. Um, I don't know. It was it was revealing of, of a lot of things, as was some of the fallout and that you know from other players and in the Twitter sphere and elsewhere. Like it just uh, it's kind of a moment of inflection, I think, for for people. And um, maybe we've all learned a little something from it. I yeah. I honestly I agree with everything that you say. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just in, I mean, it's a running theme. It's like, you know, during our U.S. Open week, you know, recap, baby shit is diaper again in a different way. And, you know, I, I hate to harp on anybody. But again, if you have been selected to be the story and the talk of the town, which... I mean, in all honesty, you're partially to blame. I really, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm so much more, again, I'm so much more interested in the human than in the performance, which, you know, is, is, it says something about me. And I think that, you know, getting a human element into the actual, like the thought, like not just the meet more, 
thought process as to why he bulked up but like you know what the psychology behind it the deeper meanings all of this all of that like those are the things i think would be far more compelling because you get a more complete look into it other than mm, me want ball far rawr, you know like so i i i'm far more interested in the human that is bryson and again if he had taken the time to say hey i i i i need a minute you know um I will do my best or even say I'll do my best to answer those questions. But if, if it gets to a point that I can't do it anymore, please respect that, you know? Um, or if you were to say, you know what, because of everything that's going on, um, you know, and, and not to use it as an excuse, but, it, and, and obviously only if this is the truth, just be like, you know, I've never had to deal with this kind of um, emotional stuff before. I don't know how to deal with it right now that would have been that would have been something that people could 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 glean something from um but just to you know hightail it and do the friday trunk slam which is a you know it, truth be told it's a rarity for bryson um yeah that i i also found that distasteful in its own way so and again i i, I try to put my feet into the shoes of the other person but, I mean, the only thing that's screaming to me is just meet more, malfunction, malfunction. And I, I, I kind of can't get away from that because the curation of so many players is just, so, that is so boring to me. Like, yeah. if you're a piece of shit, I want to know that. And that's not necessarily going to make me be an anti-fan of yours i will sit there and i will have to digest it and i will try and understand it and you know again you go into the psychology of things and i i, I think that if you sit there and say well because you had to deal with this and because this happened to you this 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 you know this, these are the consequences of the actions that you took and yet here you are like Anything can be a redemption story, which I think is so much more inspiring and uplifting than merely outdriving everyone and, you know, looking like you're having a stroke in the middle of your putting stroke and still having the ball go in and hoisting up a trophy at the end of the week. You know, I, 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 I want more. Right. Well, and, and I mean, like what even... I, I think players feel like, oh, I have to present this super polished side of myself. Like, like say, take Pat Perez. His whole brand is being a dick, and uh, it works for him. I mean, I, I did this big SI profile on him, and he was hilarious talking about, uh, you know, he's talking about the difference between him and his cat. He's like, yeah, he's a nice guy, and I'm a prick, but somehow it works. And just be who you are. And um, the other thing is, I mean, is that who he is though? Oh, definitely. <laughs> no question. Uh, but he's funny about it, you know, and he's like loud and he's obnoxious and he's abrasive, but you still like him because he's very authentic and he's very amusing and he's not, he's not, I don't know her. So, oh no, <laughs> Pat Perez on the PJ tour. I know I'm pulling a Mariah Carey. <laughs> Okay, just want to make sure we're talking about. I don't this. know her. <laughs> My bad. I but, haven't had many interactions with him, so I, yeah. I, I honestly have no. no I have he, no idea, and I, so I, I, am a little bit of a cynic where I sit here and I'm like, unless I've legitimately spent time with you, I imagine you're all 
hella fake, and I'm really sorry, and I cannot wait to be proven wrong by yeah. some of you. No, he's he's authentically a dick, but I, I respect that. And again, it's also like media training 101. Like you can't control the question, but as the athlete, you can control the answer. So, and Tiger was great at that. People would ask one thing, mm-hmm. and he would sort of begin adjacent to that, and then he'd, he'd go in the direction he wanted, and that's fine. I mean, again, like um, for for that's something Bryson should learn is like Bryson, um, you know, how did, how did this split with the caddy affect you mentally this week? You know, I thought it was a great golf course and I love Detroit and I felt, you know, I felt peaceful out there, but I just didn't play my best game. Like, you know, there's, there's an art to it. And, um, it's just, it's just, it's kind of becomes a fun cat and mouse. And, um, and that, that the other part of it is it doesn't take much to disarm the, um, the press like people think we're like this um you know this this band of of tough guys who are always looking to tear people down when in fact especially the golf press i mean it's, it's, i'm sorry i don't know of a single person in the well, media that i have that thought of. well that's what i'm saying because you know them but i'm talking about like the people again i'm going on all the twitter yeah, yeah. all the twitter reactions the last yeah. few days like someone's like you just love to tear down the players not me but just everyone it's like i had you do you read what's out there it's mostly like hagiography and cheerleading and it's celebratory like the, the golf press is so mild in general there's very very little critique and when when it comes that's why it, it stings and like for phil you know who's kind of skated his, his whole career and he's been mixed up with a lot of shady characters and a lot of stuff has come out in court cases and depositions i mean he's still skating um and that that story in the Detroit paper was was well researched, well reported, a lot of different voices. I mean, it was a rock solid piece of journalism, and um, I think that that's why you know, in, in he he couldn't really BS his way out of it. It was just all laid out in a very factual way, and um, I think his overreaction. It wasn't that you know he lost half a million dollars, which would hurt on some level. And I don't think it was even that the, that the Detroit News decided to print a story about him, about something that happened in the past. Um, I think what really hurt Phil's feelings was that it made him look like uh, like a putz and a palooka, mm-hmm. and like it, you know, basically this bookie said, "Yeah, I owed him half a million dollars, and I didn't pay him, and there was nothing Phil could do about it, right? What, how is how is he going to apply any leverage to the, this mobbed up bookie guy? Like, and I think this guy knew it, and he took advantage of Phil, and you know, Phil wants to be the most clever person in any scenario. He always wants to have the last word, and he wants. I think about those Enron guys. He wants to be the smartest guys in the room, and that's kind of his whole vibe. And in this story made him look mm. kind of ridiculous and that's why it hurt so much. And so he just lashed out and, um, you know, to, you know, for, for him to latch onto this idea, like I'm going to punish this one reporter by never playing in this tournament again. It's such a non sequitur. Like, um, it, it just, it, a guy like Phil is used to having control. That's what he craves in any scenario. And especially when it comes to his image and, um, and so to, to wildly overreact and threaten to take his ball and, and go home, it was just, it was revealing. And, you know, then he started, he started to backpedal and, and either was that. Yeah, but he already got shit marks streaked up and down your clothes at that point. I know. Well, and, and then even as you were alluding to, 
you know, the, this guy was, there was this sort of cheeky fundraiser for Phil. And then he, he asked him to, to stop doing that. And then the guy said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try and get 50,000 signatures. And Phil said, fine, you know, I'll play if you do like it, the whole thing was just ridiculous. Like, um, this is just an epic case of how not to conduct your affairs in public between Phil and Bryson this week. And um, I mean, the PJ tour does training with these guys and they have handlers around them, but, um, left to the you can't have a contingency plan yes for, left for, to your, for what took place though. well left to your own devices this is what happens like these are the moments that are revealing of, of who these players are and so in, in that regard even though bryson didn't talk and even though phil tried to bs his way out of the whole thing i mean we learned a lot about both of them and it was it was fascinating mm-hmm. and it was not totally flattering no oh, and that's the thing i mean i would be able to think that you know, like in Phil's situation, he, I, I mean, I, I would be very upset if I lost half a million dollars, period. I don't care. Just, just period. Full stop. <laughs> but, you know, I could, you know, you, you can turn that narrative around and be like, you know, I, I was pretty disappointed that that article came out. But at the same time, I'm still here. And yes, I made mistakes. And I sit here and, you know, nobody can, nobody can judge me because I've, nobody is without some mistakes made in their lives and nobody is perfect. But imagine, like, think about all the things that I had to go through when I was, you know, cause I mean, he's, he's, you know, I joke, he's, he's still very much in his prime, but I joke, you know, compared to the median age on the PG tour, he's 111, you know, like he's still, he's still like physically can do almost anything that almost anybody in the world can, that almost nobody in the world can, let's be real. He could sit there and be like, you know, he can kind of play to that and be like, dude, I was young and stupid, you know, like there's so many ways that you can take that and spin it. But above all else, you should it should be like, yeah, it me. That was me. Like, can you believe that? Can you believe that? It's complete bullcrap that I was, you know. Or you could sit there and say, I fell victim to this and that, you know, which is a lot more along the lines of um, a lot of the uh, storylines that are often portrayed, you know, it was like, I was the victim of this and that, whatever, whatever. And I tried doing this and you know, that, that would garner some sympathy as well. But you know, just the, I'm going home kind of thing. Like I just, you know, I know. And, and then for, you know, Phil in, in some of his back and forth said, well, I'm trying to bring accountability to the media and, um, it's like really because th- that was a rock solid piece it. of reporting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was more like he he was just just trying to whip up anger um, and and direct it at this reporter. But that's not the same as bringing accountability. Like a- accountability would have been to go through the story and say, "Well, this was wrong. That's incorrect." Um, here, here's the facts on this, but of course you couldn't do that because it was so well researched and the story stands mm-hmm. on its own. I mean, account- exactly. He done did it. <laughs> exactly. Accountability would be like fact checking, but was, they got the facts right. So, uh, really, he was just venting. It's a big difference. Correct. And yeah. uh, you know, he's looking for scapegoats, and he was, he was looking to, to you know, basically blame the messenger. That's not. A, that's not really accountability. Uh, so. 
Uh, th- I thought that was Hold also the interesting. Media accountable? Yeah. Of 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 I don't I don't get that. Like I I I understand, you know, that sometimes you want some sensitivity to a matter when it comes to a story and you know there's a desire obviously always for discretion but there's really an easy way to prevent that kind of stuff and it's you know don't do that don't do that like don't get involved with super shady people and you know don't do that like i'm sorry i wish i had something more eloquent to say um because you know i ultimately in the the long run this won't hurt phil's brand um you know it's it's he's still very apple pie and he is still there's no question one of the top three most intriguing um i don't want to say characters but most intriguing people in men's golf in my opinion um, because of the fact that he's been on tour for so long and to an extent, there's so little known about him. And so in the long run, I don't think that's going to hurt his, um, overall image. And obviously it won't take away from his actual career inside of the ropes or anything like that. And, you know, there's, there, there are stories about a lot of people out there that, you know, other, that a lot, a lot of people haven't heard that. I'm just like, you know, what, like it, it, whatever, you know, like, and these are all, you know, allegations allegedly things that happened or whatever else so it's like you know this this isn't going to hurt him in the long run um hopefully and again this sort of this was a a a an immediate gut reaction as well and sometimes who knows maybe in a week or two he'll come out and just be like yeah i was i'm i was pissed i done did that and then all the actions that i took while i was at the rocket mortgage I done did that, and maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I did, and I'm going to learn from it. You know, I mean, it'd be very interesting if we were to, you know, come back to this in like two weeks' time, and all of a sudden he's just like, you know, I've done some reflecting, and you know, I, I, it me, <laughs> I done I would, did that. I wouldn't hold your breath. I, I don't think either Bryson or Phil's big on on the re- the reflection. You know, they kind of live life on oh, their no, terms. I'm just talking about Phil. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, talking about Phil. Well, and Bryson needs a, a a few more years in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what's interesting too is when when you think about player, you know, great athletes who have been linked to uh, gambling and huge losses and shady characters. I mean, the only the only comparison is Michael Jordan, and uh, with Jordan, it almost burnishes legend because the way he handled it, and like you know, there's that famous interview he did with, with Ahmad Rashad. He's like, I don't have a gambling problem; I have a competition problem, and I need you know, basically saying I need the action, I need the adrenaline. I only, I only get 48 minutes a night, you know, 82 times a year. Like the rest of the, the time, I need I need more action, and and people accepted that at face value, and all, everything that that came out of all the revelations about Jordan's gambling, it was, it was just a shrug. Like, Oh, well we, we know this about the guy. Like he's got a, he's got an issue. He, he can't play golf for 20 bucks. He needs to play for $200,000 to, to get his heart pounding. And we understand it. And I, I'm, you know, obviously Phil's in, in a similar capacity, but uh, he's always trying to kind of wiggle out of the situation. And I think if you would just, just be blunt about it, say, yeah, man, um, life is boring and I need, I need, I need to, it's one of the ways that I, I, I get, I get a little adrenaline rush. I can afford it. 
everyone needs to calm down. I, I think it'd be more more of a shrug, be like, yeah, that checks out. But uh, again, it, it's or you could like work on yourself. <laughs> there, there is that too. Uh, again, I'm that. trying. I'm doing my best not to judge because I, 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 I'm sitting here making all these weird faces about these things that people are saying, and it's just so far removed from where I am um, yeah. because I, you know, I, I, I don't get. You know, it's like the the guys on the PJ tour do a lot more bets than than we do on the LPJ tour because it's like even like with my friends, I'm just like, dude, come on, let's let's do something. Like this is going to be a five hour and fifteen minute practice round because there's some girl out there who saw some other girl out there hit nine chips on like every single green in her practice round, and now everybody does it because heaven forbid getting your short game done like you know in the practice area. And then all of a sudden you're going to come to the actual tournament and be like, why am I in a divot just off the green? And it's like, well, you know, I, I think, you know, the answer. And so, you know, there are occasions where I'm like, dude, let's play for something, you know? And it's like the number of times it's like you play for like a boba tea or like the most I was ever able to get out of anyone was uh, dollar birdies. And so I, I, I ended up winning seven dollars off of her like you know <laughs> that's it, satisfying it, it was just different it's just yeah. different out here but at the same time like if someone's like well let's go like you know let's go 50 dollar birdies i'm like okay like it doesn't get my adrenaline up like there's nothing like competition to me and i would never put myself in a situation where i'm playing for five thousand dollars a hole or Two hundred thousand. I can't even fathom that. Um, but but it, 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 I just feel like you know, it's the en- the enjoyment of the competition is one thing, but you know, having to feel that need of that rush, like you know, that that just kind of like for me feels like it's there's something else that can be worked on or, you know, finding a moment of awe every day and realizing how incredible the human body is. Like what the hell is it that wakes us up in the morning? You know, it's, it's aside from alarms and things like that, but when you go for a nap and you wake up like that, that automatic human response or when your, your heart races, when someone bumps into you or the, the way that your skin prickles, when you're sweating your ass off and you go under a tree and in the shade, you feel a breeze, like all these things. Like if you were to sort of slow down and come to the realization of how incredible the world is and how incredible the human body is and how incredible your human body is, I I feel like, you know, maybe there'd be less gambling. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's a holistic approach to life, which I think all of us could benefit from. So that's well said. Um, all right, I think we've thoroughly covered this. Let's we're trying to incorporate a uh, you know a listener question in every episode. I, I've got an interesting one, and it, it sort of dovetails, I think, a little bit with especially when it comes to Bryson. So um, the Twitter user at its underscore Jern with a J wrote um how much do you think twitter social media general publicity affects players on the course who's the best and worst at promoting a positive encouraging gallery from their off the course behavior and um it's interesting i i this clicked for this whole idea clicked for me like a while ago it must have well, was pre-covid and I was listening to a couple fans and they were talking about who to follow at a golf tournament and 
they were well, they were running through some big names and they were kind of underwhelmed. And then they came. Uh, then like, oh, how Max about, Homa. Yeah, it's Max and it's Joel Damon. Yeah. And they're like, yes. They're like, oh yeah, I follow those guys on Twitter. I like those guys. You know, I, I feel more connected to them. Let's go follow them. And that was like a real light bulb moment for me. And what what you know what Max and and Joel have in common is they're just themselves and they're authentic and they're not they're not trying to sell um, a certain you know cultivated image. Like they're they're just raw and real. And when they have their disappointments, they're honest about them. And when they have their triumphs, they they revel in them and they they kind of pull back the curtain on their lives a bit. And um, so. Yeah, I, I think to answer the question, it, it definitely has an effect. And, you know, I think about Ian Poulter, how different his life and career could have been if, you know, he was an early adopter of Twitter and he was he was quite spiky and he was abrasive and he was trying to get people fired and things like that. Trying, he done did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy got got. And, um, and, and it just sort of curdled. And, you know, he I talked about, I did a podcast with him years ago and, when it was over, we kind of it was interesting because it was like hour and a half podcast. He was great, and then it ended, and then he, he then he got even more real. It was, it was like, dang, I should have kept the mics running. And but <laughs> he basically said, "Man, like, um, you know, this is this is a, this has affected my my golfing life and all the, all the stuff mm-hmm. he has to deal with." And um, mm-hmm. and so it, it it is interesting topic, and we're we're definitely seeing it play out with Brooks and Bryson, like. You know, Brooks is is flat out bullying Bryson, and now you have all these Brooks bros out there who are making a lot of noise in the gallery around Bryson. I think that's kind of part of his his swoon this year. Is 2020 he was playing in a bubble, you know, there was almost no fans, and he was doing his thing. And now, as as the fan presence has picked up, there's there's a certain juju floating around with, with Bryson that's I don't think helpful you know it's, it's a lot of energy when he's out there playing and there's a lot a lot of noise and and now there's like that Brooks element and um, I think it's gotten in his head a little bit and it's it sort of penetrated this this hermetically sealed environment he, he's trying to exist in and he's saying oh I like it I like when they're uh, I love when they when they call me Brooks and stuff but I, I'm not buying that so uh, to go back to the original question, yeah, it definitely affects players. Um, it can, and we're, we're seeing it happen. But what's your take on all that, CK? Well, so kind of going backwards, I think that Bryson, I, I can, I can see, I can see ultimately a bully being bullied and not knowing how to deal with it is the way that I see it. Um, you know, cause he, he likes to kind of, you know, strut around and, and, and create his own narrative, which, you know, to an extent, everyone lives in their own universe where, where we've got 7 billion plus universes on this planet and they all, you know, happen to, you know, kind of go, coincide and all of that. Um, but you don't poke the bear unless you're willing to get your finger done did bit. Um, and you know, the, the, the origin of all of this was the fact that Brooks had an issue with slow play on the PGA tour. I'm sure he still does because part of him is very, very sane. And (laughs) then Bryson felt personally affronted 
because someone, you know, I don't even think, did Brooks even call him out specifically by name in in Saudi Arabia when he was over there, which I don't agree with him going over there in the first place, whatever. And he goes up to Ricky Brooks's caddy and was like, yo, if, you're, if your player has something to say to me, he should say it to my face. And it's like, whose face are you telling what? Exactly. Yeah. That was curious. Do you understand the irony of this? And, you know, and then, you know, there was apparently, a, you know, mutual understanding on, on both of their parts. It could, it, I mean, in all honesty, it could have been like, well, I don't like you. And it's like, well, I don't like you either. It's like, well, we get, we get each other then, you know, for all we know. Like, it, I have no idea. It's not, it's not my business anyway. To, and I don't even like care to speculate over it. Um, but the fact that, you know, it's he's getting called out and he don't like it and instead of saying why am i being called out it's more like why am i being called out you know whereas it it could be an actual inquiry of okay well if there's if there's an issue and there's a number of players that are saying things and the one factor that seems to be the same it me maybe like let's let's do some introspection let's let's see like is there is there a way for me to shave off some time which i think bryson honestly has done a pretty good job of you know trying to to speed up play and things like that like i so i do definitely commend him for that he nowhere near what would be uh palatable for me personally if i was in a competition with him um Especially, like, if you're doing all that math, like, math ain't hard. Like, we're only dealing with three digits, you it's know, true. like, it's at, <laughs> at most. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I look upon that as a bully being bullied. It's, it's, it's just not a pretty situation, period. And I really kind of wish it would go away. And it's just like, hey, you guys, you know what? Grow up. Like, get over it see if there are ways that we can all work on improving ourselves and let's see where that takes us. Like, come on, let's all do this together. I'm kind of wondering, um, um, I've been wondering when Jay Monahan's going to get involved. Like on, on one hand, this kind of stuff helps. He's not their parent. Nobody is the I've commissioner had of the conversations PGA tour. with Mike Wan. Yeah. And I've had several conversations with Mike Wan over the years where I do get a phone call and it's just like, <sighs> exactly. CK, I'm not your dad. But, and that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, you I'm, know, I mean, some. It, on one hand, it's good for it's good for, well, the, for the product. We're all talking about it, and, and that's Brooks. Yes, and the PIP program. Yeah, I mean, it's which Bro- he has helped found. So it's kind of like it, it'd be it'd be taking your shoe off and pointing one at you and pointing one at him, being like, "What the?" Yeah. No, it's true. You know, like it's Kepka is such a masterful troll. I mean, that he's really just like a. He he like lives under a bridge kind of guy, and he's he's never gonna stop. And uh, it's anyway, it's it's interesting. But that, he have, will stop, in my opinion. He will stop when not that he has to quote unquote win, but when there is true legitimate change. I think he will stop, and that's that that doesn't necessarily mean that Bryson has to be like I back down or I bow down or anything like that. It could just be. All right, listen, we got a problem. I I I mm. will I like imagine just you being like, "Yo, scientist, let's do an experiment." Hurry the fuck up. And see what <laughs> it's, happens. It's gone like, way I beyond. Think that would be fascinating. It's gone way beyond slow play at this point. I mean, it's like it, it's defining there. But that would be a fix. 
to one of the myriad issues I don't that think so. seem to be at play here. I, I think Brooks has too much fun, and it's like it, this has become a, a thing. Yeah, it's, Bryson's the flavor of the week for him, I think, in that regard. There's <laughs> many weeks at this point. Have you had, have you had people, um, if, if you tweet something spicy or... Political. political yeah i was gonna say political i mean there's been a lot of that in the last couple of years have, have have you gotten comments between the ropes from folks who you think are reacting to stuff that you've posted on social media no the vast majority of people that follow me on social media wouldn't have the balls to say it to me in in public because they're like i mean she's just a little bit too crazy that I don't know how she would react, I think, is the way that it goes. Yeah. Um, and I have had a couple of interactions where someone has said something very spicy to me on uh, social media. And, you know, I, I oftentimes, like, when I, and I'll admit, when I was younger, I would clap back a lot more often. These days, I'm more like, hey, let's work on seeing things from the other person's perspective. And if someone's perspective changes, cool. If no one's perspective changes, that's also cool. But at least we know what the other person is saying and thinking instead of just calling me like this old fat has been, you know, and I'm just like, sweetheart, trust me, with all my years dealing with my mental health, there's nothing you can say that would come anywhere close to the shit that I would tell myself when I was younger. Like, come on, you got to try better. You know, like, do you want some hints? Do you want, do you want me to help you workshop some stuff that might <laughs> potentially actually cut to the bone? Like, come on, try harder. And I would meet them at tournaments and they would be like, oh yeah, you know, can I, can I get a photo with you? I'd be like, yeah. And like, oh, I follow you on Twitter. I'd be like, oh, you know, what's your handle? And they'd be like, you know, at blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, oh, Ken, hi. Yeah. We tweeted together last week. How are you doing? And they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just such a fan. And I'm like, okay, like you're just a different person behind your keyboard. That's cool. Like, thank you for supporting the LPGA tour period give a fuck if you support me like thank you for supporting women's golf just in general so that the persona that you portray of being a um oh gosh what a, an an incel like you know that's just your social that's just your social media per persona okay cool cool thank you for coming and supporting women's golf have a wonderful day and i don't think anything of it like who you are on social media like I do my best to be as authentic as possible because I'm like, if I'm going to spend this much time doing something, like it's so hard to do it fakely. It's so hard to fake anything, especially with everything that went on with my mental health. I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. Some yeah. people do have time for that. And or they just say the things that, you know, are deep down things that they feel like they can say that they can't say in public. Um, so, you know, the end of it. Yes, I've I've you know, interacted with some people that I've had some interesting discussions with in real life. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to sit there and think, well, okay, like you're a bad human being because you said that behind your keyboard, behind closed doors, anonymously in a way that nobody can actually make you accountable. Like, you go take some Miralax and see if that helps change your perspective, maybe, you know, gotta get regular, dude. Everybody poos. And there it is, our our first reference <laughs> of the podcast. Um, I mean, I, I'm not taping this, but we're deep into the pod. I mean, that, that's got to be a record so far. So well played. <laughs> I did want to interrupt you while you were talking about Phil, about who do you think, when I said, who do you think you are? I was like, even Beyonce poos. Like I, that, you know, that was so like 40 minutes ago, though. <laughs> yeah, that really was. Um, so... <laughs> 
do we have do we have a we've kind of like emptied all of our bullets here for potential topics for our full send segment i mean is there anything that i mean this episode was an entire i know i I feel like let's be real i know i feel like we might have to revisit this next time which is okay um but but before we uh before we go let's i mean the lpj's heading to their midwest swing you've got michigan and ohio Mm -hmm. And then you're going overseas to the Evian. Where are you in uh, your game? You know, you're you're having some some back issues. Like, let's get a quick update on how you're feeling, how you're playing, and uh, before we, we bounce out of here. Oh, like yeah. Let's okay. You want to talk about me? Okay, cool, 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 cool. cool. Um, um, um. So I just came off from a week off. I had played six weeks in a row, and your girl was she was tired, and so I. Um, was home in Florida. I, and it sounds kind of stupid and it sounds kind of stoopy as my caddy Todd and I would say, and it sounds crazy. I, I drove back home on Monday and I told my trainer, Ryan Blackburn, I was like, sweetheart, I need to get a workout in tomorrow and on Thursday and on Friday, because a lot of, um, you know, these issues, both with my swing, as well as just physical ailments I'm dealing with is because like my shit's atrophied and you know, the, the workouts I was doing in the last couple of weeks weren't necessarily, you know, allowing me to bounce back. So I was like, I need you to destroy me (laughs) so that we have a good, strong foundation to build upon. And so, um, I saw him three times last week. It was, it was painful and I was sore all week and I loved it. And so um, we're here in Toledo for the Marathon Classic, and I it's um, uh, it's Monday. Like I can disclose that because we're gonna we're gonna drop this on Wednesday. And I got up at four o'clock in the morning after July Fourth. I was up all night because I couldn't tell if I was in Toledo or in at the you know. Well, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be applicable now since all the troops have left. But I was going to say Bagram Air Base um, because there there are some aggressive <laughs> fireworks going off, like like house shaking kind of stuff. So I was, I was disturbed a handful of times, but got up at four o'clock in the morning, made myself some coffee, um, you know, checked social media a little bit and then zoomed over to the gym to get full workout in, played in the PNC Pro-Am that they held today on Monday. And I feel great. Um, been working on my swing and I, I feel strong again, which is awesome. And again, like there, there are these like tight, there are all these, always these tiny little nuggets where it's like, you look at your, you look at your swing and you're just like, bitch, you swing, your plane is flat, you know? And I I like realized that. And I was like, oh my God, like, like, okay. And so that is, you know, further indication of, uh, you know, the weakening that I was feeling in my scapulas, which I call spatulas, <laughs> and uh, the levator muscles in your back, which I call elevators, because uh, what's life without a little whimsy? <laughs> and I, um, you know, got told, I was talking to Ryan, I was like, this is what I'm feeling, this, that, and and so now I feel like my body can actually um maintain itself now and so got a got a hardcore workout in and then went straight to the golf course it's probably i think it's like a high of 98 today it was first off at 7 30 it was amazing had a great time and i'm just i'm just amped and um you know i i'm i i didn't do it very much this season uh, i know i did do it last year 
during the pandemic where I was working out a lot more than I had been this year when I'm on the road. And, um, you know, a lot of the time, again, when you're having issues with your mental health, instead of thinking, wow, I've got 24 hours in a day, like nine of them going to sleep, like no question about that. Um, but that would otherwise leave you with 15 hours. Like, what are we going to do when you're, when you're not in a great place mentally, you're like, Oh my God, I only have 24 hours. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. And it's like, no, 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 sweetheart. Like you get to do whatever you want. You get 24 hours and let's, let's enjoy all 24 of them, you know? Um, so I'm in a, a really much better place, which is great. Um, I, I think I'm going to be, visiting a float tank this week just to kind of, you know, just that one little additional kind of thing that I know that my body needs. Um, I'm going to be working out almost every single day and it's just so great to be back, you know, and this was where we restarted our season last year in 2020. We had two weeks back to back first at Inverness, which, oh my God, Inverness, amazing. And then here at Highland Meadows in Sylvania, just north of Toledo, who has been one of the strongest supporters of the LPGA forever. Uh, Previously, the Jamie Farr. Um, Previously, you know, between Jamie Farr and the marathon was the the Kroger's, no, shit, what was it? Pink Panther is is their logo, an insulation company. Son of a brain, not work. You work. Um, you know what? But, you know, it's just great. I've renounced all the corporate names. It's obviously the Crosby clam bake for me, the dinosaur, like the, the San Diego open. Oh, like, I know. I, I know. I, I can't do the corporate Spectators, name. not patrons. <laughs> yeah. I um, get it. You want to talk about atrophy? So I drove like 15 hours to pick up kiddos at wilderness survival camp. <gasps> and how did your daughter do, yeah. by the way? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. So, yeah, my my 14-year-old daughter, Michaela. So this is this place that's up near Mount Shasta. And um, there are different classes you can take. And she was in the girls' rites of passage. My son, Ben, was in the boys' rites of passage. And so they learn how to build shelters and how to how to forage and all this. And then it's a week-long thing. And second to last night, they have to go out into nature for 24 hours and, and stay in the – basically, they call it a sit. Like you have to pick a spot, and that's where you are for 24 hours alone. And you have to build your own shelter. Oh, yeah, no food. And um, it's like very much like a little vision quest, like you know, certain societies uh, send you out to do. I mean, yeah. they're not fully alone in that everyone's in a – a space, a region, of, a region, and uh, yeah. there is there is a sort of an adult who's kind of hiding in the bushes, keeping an eye on things. If in case things it gets mm. really intense, but it's very much a feeling of being alone. And uh, yeah, as as Christina knows, my my daughter had called ahead of time and asked me to come pick her up because she was she was really stressed out about it. But she did great. She had an amazing experience. A very kind of life changing um, chance to overcome her biggest fears and um, yeah they both loved it it was it was a home run but what i was gonna say is um, i think i like strained a hip muscle by sitting in the car that long mm. i'm like actually sore and limping mm-hmm. a little bit and it's just from like sitting in, in that one position for so long so you know you for get sure you know you're getting old when anyway atrophy is a good word 
Um, no, that that does not necessarily have anything to do with age. That could just be a bit of atrophy of the glutes, uh, tightening of the of the hip flexors, because it, those are a lot of the time. Those are the same things that happen to me when I go transatlantic, transpacific, transcontinental flights. Um, so, you know, if I knew if I if my brain had been working well enough for me to remember that you were going to go drive up and grab the kiddos, I would have said, you know, every three hours stop and like stretch for like five minutes, go to a rest area or go to a park or something like that. Cause the, and make sure you, you legit use that cruise control because if you've got your foot down on the, on the gas, you know, your hips are rotated that whole time and you're putting pressure on on uh, on your on parts of your pelvis and hip flexors so yeah. i would say hey might be a great time to try out float tank therapy <laughs> now she tells me yeah you're right absolutely so we've uh we, we we survive in advance so i'm glad you're feeling better and that you're you're feeling optimistic i can't wait to watch you play these next couple of weeks yeah. and awesome uh, how's michaela by the way how what how did it go you didn't actually say oh, like no it went if great she crushed it if she, she loved ate it all the berries if she ended up fighting a squirrel over some acorns no, like no she had a she had an amazing experience and she's like i spent i don't know how long it was it might have been hours watching this spider build this web and jump from oh like leaf to leaf and do all this and that like she was like henry david thoreau out there in walden pond i mean she was like yeah. really into it so it was it was cool and yeah it was imagine teenagers going a whole week without cell phones and just yeah. um, just connecting with other people and nature and themselves it's really a great thing so i'm that's amazing and, they wanted- and that's the thing she was able to have a macro view of the world and her universe yeah oh for sure and they already want to go back next summer so that's how you know it was a success when um that's they want to awesome. go back i know i'm really happy for both of them and also for me because that'd be a hell of a lot of driving for them to be like that sucked and <laughs> so Fair. it was all it was all worth it um yeah but this would be one of those things that like let's say if that did quote unquote suck for them now when they're 35 years old they'll be like dad thank you for sending me up to Mount Shasta, this, that, whatever, whatever. And they'll understand everything that you do, every decision that you make, whether or not they agree with it is because you love them. Yes. Yeah. Or they would just lord it over me. Like, remember when you, that was, yeah, that it's incredible. The long memory that kids have for any grievance real or perceived, no matter how much you give them and how much love you shower upon them. Like it's the, the few things they can hold on to that, as proof of, you know, you're, a, you're not a perfect parent. It's always amusing. And, uh, even Beyonce poos, come on, that's right. come on, <laughs> ding, we're ding. all human. That's right. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, this was a fun episode and, um, I'm glad we got into some, some real stuff that was like, that's been bothering me for sure. And I like my 4th of July. I'm like, yeah. like why am I jousting with internet randos about it? But it's cause I care. Like I'm, I'm passionate about the work I do and, I think there's a lot of people who don't quite understand how it all works. And so this was a teachable moment, but, um, anyway, sure. yeah, good and stuff. people only know what they know and until they learn, they don't know, you know? And so it, it, it is also important in those times to remember to show grace and kindness and forgiveness for other people. And even more importantly for yourself, because if you go on a little bit of a rant, that's okay. If, if it was needed, it was needed. And, and sometimes you need to make sure that you're able to forgive yourself for, for doing something like that and deep diving into the whys and things like that. So it's all good. There's nothing but love. I'm glad that you were able to get that off your chest. And, and I'm glad that you were able to share 
you know, because again, people only have a, a, a certain view. Like they sit there and probably think that you guys have, you know, um, lobster tail and you know there's steak flowing and <laughs> endless copious amounts of beer in the media center where you have your own space and your own like office with amazing chairs and i'm like nah dog like it it's like it's a very communal thing there's very little space it's just rows of tables with those really uncomfortable chairs which i think is good because it helps to make sure that you guys meet your deadlines um because you don't want to dawdle on those chairs for nine hours to write one paragraph or something like that and i mean it's just like you know the craft food service is crap <laughs> you know it's, it's not this glamorous life and so big ups to everybody in the media there are some people that i you know um would probably spend more excuse me, there are a couple of people out there that I would probably spend less time with than, than others. But, you know, you guys are, you guys are, you guys are the voice of the players to the fans and you guys are the, uh, you know, you guys are supposed to be the non-sentient beings, you know, I mean, op-eds are one thing, but you guys just, you guys just state the facts and sometimes the fact sucks. Yeah. Especially when you lose half a milli to a, a mobbed up bookie. So on that note, um, why don't we, Release the listeners. Let me guess. There we go. Yeah, we're going to release them. We're gonna, I, so every time you say I know. that, I think well, of something different. I'm like, are we releasing them as though they were like these, 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 this flock of birds that got caught in a net and they were held in captivity and so we're releasing them? Or is it like a bucket full of cockroaches? Like, you know, just descend them onto the world kind of a thing. Um, well, at this point now, I have to go with that phrasing, even if I don't want to. So we're just... It's, I love it. <laughs> it's your catchphrase. I love that. I love that. Well, I care about um, the people at home. So, the, yes, and I love that you care about them. <laughs> what is it? Because I'm just like la 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 la. What is the name of this podcast again? Well, uh, it is my obligatory, self-imposed obligation to say to everyone to be sure to review this podcast and to give it five stars. We are on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I don't remember where else. Um, you know, be sure to subscribe. Tell all your friends about it. You can reach Alan at, at Alan Shipnuck on Twitter and Instagram. I can be found on all social media platforms at the Christina Kim. And on behalf of Alan um, and everyone with the Fire Pit Collective, I just want to say thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next week for another episode of Full Send with Christina Kim. And Alan Shipnuck. Thanks, y'all. Bye.